find the baller. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 what's good? BTV Army, did you miss me? You are now listening to the world-famous BTB podcast. That would be Behind the Baller, the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, brought to you by the Dust Brothers. That is Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. Big shout-out to my guys, Illegal Cartel, for the theme song. Yo, this is brought to you live and direct from Hollywood, California. I know we missed Thursday's episode, but we are back in the shit Okay, guys, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean John Daly, a.k.a. the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. the Korean Earl Woods, a.k.a. the washed motherfucking Lord, y'all. Let's get right into this show because we got fam questions. The Lakers suck. We got motherfucking gaming headphones dropping, headset dropping, I'm sorry, and uh, how I fell asleep during the Jake Paul fight and missed it. My Seahawks could fuck around. And end up in some real postseason shit. Who knows? Who cares? I care. Let's get into the motherfucking show. Let's go. Man, I'm sorry I missed y'all. I don't think I'm going to discuss what happened this week. Uh... It's slightly stressful, uh, more so annoying than anything, but there are a couple things that went on that I, I really can't discuss for various reasons, but one of them is potentially huge. And even if nothing pans out out of it, and I'm being completely, you know, I'm not being the glass is half full at this moment, I'm not being, it's not even about manifesting. This is just such an insane rare occurrence that has happened and both these things are are rare occurrences but what i did last week is just so crazy because one was so fucking dumb and one was so fucking awesome that i want to say they offset each other but they don't the more awesome thing just overpowered it but i'm very confident that i'll be able to speak about it and i think more so that in a few months it'll be like oh shit, this is what happened at the end of October when Ben was talking about that, right? But anyways, man, look, one thing about me, and you have to understand listening to this show, is I'm never the type of person to start something. People could play victim and think that I started something, but if you push me and I slap you, okay, shouldn't touch me. Right. And I usually I won't even deal with it. It really depends on the situation. But if you shoot at someone in my family, you shoot at me, expect to get shot back, you know, and it's just what it is. So I just don't start things. I'll finish them. And I think a lot of people, you know, hide behind things. I don't know why. Sometimes, let's say, for instance, you got a guy who's been picked on his entire life. He's just been fucked with all his life. And he's sick of it. That day, he's just like, I've had enough. I've had enough of this shit. I'm sick of this. And then, you know, you get a real motherfucker who's out there 
and you're in a shitty mood, you're mean, you're upset, and you piss this guy off, who ain't to be fucked with? And because you've been fucked up all your life and you've been punked and you've been bullied and everything else, you decide to try the realest dude in the room and he knocks you the fuck out and now you want to cry about it. That ain't how life works, man. I mean, that's life, you know what I'm saying? But that ain't how life works. You know, again, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? I'm not going to get into this whole Kanye shit like that, but he's doing a lot of apologizing lately. And I'm not saying that people can't apologize. I just think like, yo, man, there is, you know, a lot more to it. And I think that, uh, bro, take your medicine, man. Like, seriously, like, take your motherfucking medicine, okay? But I am really hyped. I got this new massage chair from Newhouse. I think it's spelled N-O-U-H-A-U-S, I'm pretty sure. And you know what? It was sitting in my garage for over two months. And yesterday, after all the football games, I decided to connect that bitch, and it was fucking bliss. My father-in-law fell asleep in it. My wife is loved. Even London sat in it was like, whoa, this is kind of weird. This is crazy. But it was, uh, it was fucking sick. It's amazing. So thank you, Newhouse. I know it was probably like a $3,000 chair. It's fucking amazing. I just can't wait to use it more often. And I still have shit that I got to do this week, but I'm very confident. In fact, I'm positive. I'm pretty sure that Thursday there'll be an episode and uh, I will begin the interviews and things, but there's some things that have really taken over my life and I really have been not necessarily absent, but definitely, you know, um, my social media stories have been less active except for some of the paid content and things like that, right? But, uh, you know, my wife did um, go out a couple times this weekend. I didn't. We hit quarters. Quarters was just so fucking good on Saturday, man. I don't even know what to say. It was just so insanely delicious. Like, I just didn't even want to fuck around. And we sat down and I said, look, I want the Wagyu combo. Fuck it. Everything Wagyu. Let's go. You know, and that's the Wagyu ribeye. That's the Wagyu brisket. And that's the Wagyu bulgogi. And it was just fucking insane, right? You get the kerangchi, you get the fucking, um, the tenjang chige was off the chain. The kimchi was perfect. Everything was good. Had to get some pork belly. And uh, the meal was incredible. And Nicolette just started eating red meat this year after fucking 20 something plus year. And she's just like, yo, it's just fire. Then she's like, do you want to go to this Halloween party downtown? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to watch this Jake Paul fight and see what's good. And we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I'm just super hyped. Before we get into fam questions, before we get into fam questions, by the way, guys, I'm just going to, I was actually going to tell you who the fuck I'm going to be for Halloween. You know what? I'd rather not. I'd rather it be a complete surprise who I'm going to be for Halloween because the kids love Halloween. And, you know, in our community, people take party buses and try to come over here and this and that. And people try to come over and, you know, you get the whole candy bar and this and that. And we just obviously have to be careful of what London eats and writer and, you know, because there's Snickers and shit like that. And we just ain't having a peanut M&Ms. No, it ain't happening. So, you know, they like to trick or treat and stuff and all the sugar, but they, you know, they're going to be with their friends and we're going to go around and chaperone. But I can't wait to fucking to wear this costume. This is going to be fucking great. So real quick, Elon Musk has officially bought Twitter. I have talked to one of his associates about Twitter podcast that's launching soon, and they're going to feature BTB on Twitter podcast. I'm excited about that. But then I read this thing, and I'm not going to get into the controversial bullshit that he he tweeted and deleted, which is crazy because, bro, you're the CEO. You're, you're worth fucking 200-something billion dollars. 
And it was that Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband's got beat up tweet. And he deleted it. And it was a reply to Hillary Clinton, which is crazy. And then he just, dude, is just, man, something's just off. But there's a feature called Twitter Blue. I used to have it. It's $4.99 a month. And what you can do is you can delay your tweets. You can't edit them, but you can delay them. So you can send it and then you have like a minute to delete it. You can change your icon blue. You can do certain things with circles, but it's really not that beneficial. It's not nothing great. But they're stating now that if you have a verified check, you have 60 days. And if you don't after your 90th day, subscribe to Twitter Blue, which is now being raised from $4.99 to $19.99. So for 20 bucks, if you don't subscribe and activate Twitter Blue, they're going to deactivate your blue check. At first, I was like, look, man, 20 bucks. Motherfuckers paid $20,000 for a blue check. On Twitter, no, because I was one of the first people on Twitter that was verified. It's kind of annoying, but it's not that it's not worth it. It's just just fucking stupid because there's something I don't really need. You know what I mean? Like I, That's more than a Netflix subscription and more than a lot of other things. But I love Twitter. So part of me is kind of torn with it, but it's just stupid that you got to buy something, something for you to keep it when I've already earned my Twitter verification badge because I'm a public figure. The issue with me is that you want to bring it from $4.99 to $20, and then you want to add the fact that if you buy Twitter Blue, you can get verified. What kind of bullshit is that? And I'm wondering, obviously, you know, the most obvious thing is that you spent $44 billion and now you're trying to figure out how to, you know, monetize or get your shit back. And there's all kinds of fucking bullshit that's going on. And again, dude, this is a dude who shouldn't be running social media platform for whatever reason. And it's just fucking stupid. So we'll see what happens. I think if you do not have, if you aren't verified and you can get verified for $20 a month, which realistically, that's fucking $240 a year. That ain't shit because it costs businesses thousands of dollars to get verified. So I really wonder how it's going to work, especially when you have a news channel or something official and I verify you to take it away. That's just fucking weird, dude. It's just really, really, really fucking just strange, man. And it's just, just a lot of shit that's going on with him that don't make no sense. It's just clown shit, bro. And at the end of the day, look, if I was worth $2 billion, right, fuck 200 If I was worth $2 billion, I have to be completely honest with you guys, there'd be no podcast. People wouldn't hear from me. As much as you think I love to talk, please believe I can be a quiet motherfucker for a long time. You wouldn't hear from me. You wouldn't see me. I would delete all my social media, right? And maybe keep my small page with what, 70 followers, whatever it is, 60 followers and, you know, post my family. And I would literally only play golf with me a dad. And that was it. That you would never fucking see me. People say, oh, well, you can know whatever, blah, blah, you know, no, 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 dog. I got enough money to retire tomorrow. That's a whole different level of motivation. Never worry. It's just crazy that you just can't just go back and chill, bro. Like and have somebody else do something that's just weird. There's excess of everything. People think things are rare and some things aren't. And I get it to a certain extent. People say, you don't need another this. No, you don't need another color pair of Jordans or another color pair of Air Forces or another color pair of Dunks. That's what you really don't need. If you want to really, really break it down, right? Nobody came with a gold money counter before me because, oh, you don't need it. Then don't buy it. There ain't 2.1 million pairs of those. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's cool and it's a conversation piece. But anyways, let's get into these fam questions and then we're going to talk about um, how the Lakers suck. This Jake Paul fight, my Seahawks is doing the thing. This uh, gold Master Dynamic Gaming headset 
in my new tops chrome situation this is fucking so exciting we'll be right back y'all What up, BTM Army? What's going on, man? It is your monthly fam questions time. And uh, I picked out 25 questions. We're going to bang these motherfuckers out. And I am doing these in real time, y'all. All right. So let's get it fucking started. Um, Kara Heng. I think that's his name. He writes, hey, Ben, longtime listener of the greatest podcast show ever. You've been a great deal of inspiration for someone I look up to. Um, and someone I look up to. I'm currently getting blackmailed and extortion messages from this girl that I've met from 2016 until this year. She lied to me about her age, and at the time, she said she was 21. I was 30. From that point on, she was pretty much my motivation to keep pushing forward and striving to do good despite trials and tribulations. I got into a situation with her as she kept leaning back and lying on about needing support. She cheated on me before. I forgave her. I supported her for six years, half my paycheck, and given her my 335i BMW that I paid off and had technical mechanical work upwards to 20000 on it. Now I'm being threatened with blackmails, accusations of pedophilia, and talking to a minor when she lied about her age, and I kept telling her, at my age, I can't mess up. I don't even watch pornography. I don't know what has gone into her, how many guys got to her and told her to try to manipulate me. I generally supported her for six years and given her a car. I initially wanted to invest into BTC back in 2016, but I met her. She's been receiving support from me ever since. I don't make much, and I have a schizophrenic mom who has SSI and has been cut since 2015 because they assume my mom has ownership. May and have had an episode at an administration building. I wasn't there. I feel so buried and held back from supporting my mom and her. Not really a question, but I'll go for it. I'm 36, 37 that month on the 17th. Is it too late to forget about her and carry on? I was hurt by her for a hot minute and she does this. Bro, that was a fucking lot to read. And I'm not mad at you. And I feel for you. And it made me angry. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You are 37 years old next month. You need to delete, cut off. You've already taken the L. I don't know what else to say. Think about it as losing weight, right? You lost some weight. You worked out. You got all the toxins out of your body. You were given half your check here and there, whatever. Now it's time for you to flourish, Ain't no more half, ain't no more nothing. Make sure you saved all the correspondence. I don't even know what to say. It sounds like you didn't even fucking sleep with this girl or even seen her in person. I don't know what's really going on. I actually know you gave her your car. So, bro, it's not too late. It's too late for you to carry on, fam. It is absolutely ridiculous for you to carry on. You need to absolutely push on and never think about this girl ever again. I don't want to talk about anything else from there. Don't know, want to know anything else. I don't really know. I want to assume that you were genuine. I'm not condoning or co-signing anything that may or may not have happened. Bro, if you need to talk to an attorney, go ahead. If she was going to go and report you, I think she's trying to extort you, but you should protect yourself. And it's always good to know where you stand in life. So, you know, get some legal advice. That's something I, I don't do. <laughs> All right. My man Taro 
writes, hey, Wash Lord, what's your favorite menu item from McDonald's Japan? Is there good sushi in Cabo? And I can't wait to wear my BB Bosch James Oro's. Taro, I think that breakfast sandwich, that Idaho burger was definitely really good. I didn't get to try that shrimp burger, but that chicken fucking sandwich, I don't even know what the fuck it was. It was like chicken teriyaki tempura. It was damn near like a tonkatsu, but a chicken katsu sandwich that was incredible. Their McCafe is fucking fire. Their ice cream sundaes are fire, okay? As far as good sushi in Cabo, I'm sure there's a bunch of little small spots inside the five-star hotels, but always go to Nick San, N-I-C-K space S-A-N. I love you, little Lonnie, my little motherfucking Central California homie. Kenneth Davids writes, hey, Ben, would you ever add your own verse to your theme song as a remix? Appreciate the game you've been giving in since day one. Much love. You know what? That's a fucking funny thing. I never, ever thought about that. That is the craziest shit I've ever heard. Yo, Illegal Cartel. Yo, if you're listening to this, should I throw on 16 bars? Yo, that is a fucking great idea. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but it would be fucking funny if I went on there and rapped too. That'd be crazy because I have done it before for random different rappers just for fun. But I appreciate that, doc. So Jake Kutajar or Kutajar writes, Hey, Ben, it's Jake from Sydney. Day one, BTB Army. Listen to every podcast. I've been grinding golf about as long as you have, but I have... Uh, as I'm a teacher and we've had a really bad weather, it's hard to get out. Just want to know who is on your dream foursome and what dream course are you guys playing? Love your work. You've gotten me through heap of tough times. This is not your practice. Life is going to be tattooed on me eventually. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. My dream foursome would be Tiger Woods, Anthony Kim, and John Daly. Absolutely. Without a final answer. 100%. Where will we play? Damn, man. That's a good question. I would think of some crazy place that's not in America. Maybe somewhere in Korea or Tokyo so we can go fuck around and have a fucking crazy-ass time after. If it had to be in America, I would think maybe Bandon Dunes because the footage and the time that we could have out there would be crazy. If it had to be in California... Shit. Maybe Torrey Pines. Maybe Pebble Beach, but I don't know, man. That's crazy. That's a great fucking question, man. Definitely that that would be the foursome, though. Um, Mario Herrera writes, hey, Ben, so when, well, my question is, when are we getting to K-Town episode three? It's been too long. Can we get more car content? The only car content we're going to get is from people who fuck with cars. So I want to have my boy Brooks on here. Um, Alex Troy wants to come on again, but I don't know if I want to put Alex on the show. Amelia's going to come on here. And I think it might be time to get my boy um, Danny P818 on the show. Either him or someone from Sheepy Race. We can give, you know, uh, my boy Gintani a heart attack. K10 episode three. Oh, man, there's some shit that I need to add on there. I just realized. So definitely uh, I'm starting to write it out now. Carlos Hernandez writes, what's up, man? Hope everything is great. My name is Carlos. Listening from the 818 SFV. And I remember the exact episode that I started listening to, but it's around the time you had gone to your first George Lopez golf tournament ever since I was hooked. Thank you for the free game you bless us with. My two questions. I think you might have said this already on the show, but I missed it. But what three, four clubs do you recommend when you're starting off golf? Two, do you think you'll ever get George Lopez back on the show for a second episode or you go on his podcast? Let's start with number one. You need a pitching wedge. That is 
the first club you need to buy. Second club you need to buy is a putter. So either one could be, you know, interchangeable. You could put anywhere in, inside your house, you could put anywhere, whatever. Those two clubs are essential. Then after that, I would recommend maybe a seven iron. And then after that, it would maybe be a driver, a three wood or a hybrid, something that's going to get you on a fairway. Okay. And then right there, you could start kind of playing around, you know, you could start really messing around right there. Eventually, if you need to start to get something else, I would probably get, you know, maybe a 56 wedge, maybe a 60 wedge, one of those, you know, get a sand wedge, get a gap wedge, something that just kind of gets you in. And right then and there, you can start playing nine hole executive courses just with those clubs right there. Uh, as far as Joe Lopez, I get him back on the you know on the show. He, he's down to do it anytime. The only problem is he's asked me to be on the show. I just couldn't get the scheduling to be in uh, OMG High podcast. I feel bad. I called him last week and uh, congratulated him on his show. I just feel bad. I do got to do his show. Thank you, Carlos. Tim Shin writes, "What's up, Ben? I got golf questions. What are three pieces of advice you have for someone just starting out? What are some goals you set for yourself that you have and haven't accomplished yet?" It's so fucking frustrating being coached to make one change and my body just won't accept it. Anyways, love the podcast. Helps me. My long commute from Torrance to Pasadena. Listen to your podcast while driving through the jewelry district. Um, peace. Tim, three pieces of advice for someone starting out. The ball is irrelevant whether you're starting out or you get good. You can swing your club in your house. Some of the best things about starting off golf is just trying to make contact, not even using any form or anything, right? And that's if you, before you get a coach. Now that you have a coach, you know, there's obviously certain swing movements and what's frustrating is making that change and trying to do that. It took six to eight months. Some people take years for me to learn one movement and that's considered really fast. You know, people start learning the movement even in two or three years, it's pretty fast, right? This golf swing is not natural. There is nothing natural about it. The repetition itself can fucking start to cause problems with injuries, and I don't know your age, but the one thing is swinging in a house in front of a mirror could do wonders. Dr. Tiger Woods swings in his fucking hotel room 300, 1,000 times in a night before a rain just to get, the, you know, to build tempo, right? If you're going to see a coach, think about everything you learned there. Try as hard as you can to mimic that once or twice a week on the days you don't have your lesson and keep working on that. And the last thing is always putt. Go to any putting green, anywhere. There's so many places you can putt. You can do putt in your house. Putt every single day if you have the time. Even if it's 30 minutes, just putt every single day. Now, what are the goals I've set myself that I have and have accomplished? Obviously, I hope that I break 100. I mean, I was hoping to break 100. I did. Hoping to break 90. I did. My goal is to break 80 before my birthday, and I think it's going to happen. If not, I'm pretty sure it happened very soon thereafter. My ultimate goal is to get to shoot par, whether it be par 70 or par 72 somewhere, and consistently get to that scratch golf index handicap. And that goal is probably inside, you know, two, two years from today. I think two years from today to be scratch would be, you know, feasible. Now, the crazy part is 99% of golfers will never see that. It's crazy. It's nuts. But I think where I'm at with it, it's just, it's inevitable. With the help and everything going on, and I understand, golf is hard. There's maybe three people in the entire world that can say that, that golf isn't hard. And after 65 million people, three people, that's 0.00000001% that can say that. But listen to those things I said, man, and hopefully that works out. Thanks, Tim. 
Diligent Minds Podcast writes, what's up, man? I just want to give you your flowers. I grew up in Watts, but always used to come to your store when you opened up in Slauson, right there by the north exit. I would come in every week just to look at the joy of motivation. To all the people that think you capping, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen you. I've been seeing you pull up to the Slauson and the Phantom Lambos Porsches, which you gave me motivation to figure out how to get it myself. As I continue my journey in life, I've experienced and discovered my passion on personal development. I feel like it's my purpose to change the world. I currently have my own podcast, Diligent Minds, published a book and plan on doing much more to help people become the best selves, their best selves. A lot of this came from seeing you in the hood and putting spark in me, look beyond my environment. We met a few times at Agenda, a few PML meetups. I was speculating I'll be joining soon. Um, two questions. What kept you going when you hit your lowest points? I said, this ain't how I can go out. This ain't how I'm going out and this ain't it. This ain't the end of my story. And those lowest points came before I met my wife. And now that I've met my wife, I think some of the lower points are probably, you know, when my son is going through uh, sickness and stuff and I just kind of like have faith in God. And, you know, that don't necessarily mean Jesus or Allah or Buddha, whatever. It's just, you know, just the man up above um, spiritually. But when I was younger, the lowest points were, I always told myself, this ain't it. This ain't the end, right? <laughs> and I'm hoping I'll get there and be like, yo, this is the motherfucking end now. And you just kind of pick yourself up and you dust yourself off. You get knocked down again. You kind of figure it out. But during that 2008 to 2010 time, it was, it was a rough one, man. And you just, you know, you just really realize, look, there's no way, man. You see someone up in the hills, the better house, a better car, whatever. And I know it sounds materialistic and stupid, but that's a focal point. You can kind of just at least, you know, laser in on and be like, nah, dog, they don't work as hard as me. They can't, this is, they're not as smart as me. And you put that, like, you put that pressure on yourself. And if you could deal with it, you overcome it. What tips do you have on building a successful business and wealth overall? I don't know if I necessarily have successful business and wealth tips. You know, I think that being healthy to a certain extent and having balance. So if you want to eat bad food, at least do something that makes, you know, that gets that out. Whether that be intermittent fasting, whether that be working out, whatever, be doing certain things. But I do think that being honest and people forget that, you know, look, there's white lies, there's exaggeration, and there's flat out lying, right? And sometimes on the podcast, I might talk about like, yo, I just knocked 15 motherfuckers out. And in actuality, I knocked out 12. Is that lying? Anyone who says that's lying to me, I don't want to fuck with in life. And that's not a white lie. That's just something different. Lying is saying you knocked out 15 people and you was never there and you never knocked out anybody in your entire life. So I get what you get what I mean? So being a storyteller and saying some shit that's already ridiculous, but it actually happened to a certain extent is something. You know, I've told my cousin some insane shit throughout the fucking 46 or 47 years he's been alive. And he's been like, if Ben tells you he saw three UFOs and then one picked him up, he at least saw one UFO, which is already the most ridiculous shit in the fucking entire world. He just added the extra to make the story good. Does that make any sense? So I'm just saying, be genuine, be honest. One of the very important things that I say is be punctual. If I have a meeting and I agree to it, I'm never going to be late. I'm going to Google the address. I'm going to figure out things. I'm going to figure out maybe in 24 hours before what is traffic like on these days? How do I leave some extra time? And people say, I hate being at the airport. or hate this. What? Like, the people who say that, they ain't got, they ain't got shit else. What are you doing? Because you're getting your dick sucked. You want to talk to some girl. You want to watch. You can figure all that out and still be on time somewhere. Firm handshake, looking people in the eye, buy yourself meetings. 
don't buy. I'm saying buy yourself, meaning hanging out by yourself and reflecting. It's important you go over game plans, you know, ideas. You visualize something. It's almost on a golf course. When you visualize where you're going to hit that ball, you're going to hit the ball that way. All right. Hey, man, I appreciate the kind words, dog. Thank you so much, Dorian. I appreciate you, bro. Ivan Martin, super follower. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ivan Marin. What's up, man? I'm a super follower on your Twitter. Thank you for the free game. It's helpful and entertaining. Are you ever going to have a super follower meetup in LA like you did in the Bay Area? Hopefully, I'm chosen, one of the chosen few. When I do a super follower meetup, which I will, it'll be um, most likely a day in Buster's Hollywood. And of course, you're invited. There's no like, I'm choosing somebody. You're just invited. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, to a certain extent, unless fucking 30, 40 people come up, right? Uh, but yo, yo, hope to see you. Nick Thuy. I don't, I hope so. Big bro, Ben. Nick Thoy here from Malaysia. I've been listening since day one. Recently became a dad and all your views on fatherhood has helped a lot. I'm loving your golf game question. You ever think of doing golf related workout or stretches to improve your flexibility rotation in the long run? Or do you just spend time in the range before a round to warm up? Thanks, Sean. Keep it up. Your podcast helps a lot of people. Regards to your wife and kids. Thank you, Nick. I do a lot of stretching before I even practice at a range, before a lesson. It's rare that I go out there and don't do any stretching at all. Before an actual round, I do stretch. I do hit at least 30 balls. Most, I'm sorry, I hit a maximum of 30 balls. And I'm not out there trying to worry about, you know, I'm just trying to make some contact and really I'm just trying to get a tempo, right? And a lot of people have suggested yoga for flexibility and I know that it's helped a lot. And so that's something that I wanna do because I know that probably take me to the next level of the game. Thanks, Nick. Actually, good questions from John Crenshaw. Question number one, what are some of the biggest licks that you can talk about of your business career? Times where it brought you to the next level, how much cash was it? Why was it such a lick? Corporate wins or win are cool, but your audiences probably resonate, are not going to resonate with that too much. Mental deep dive, please. You know, without naming so many names, and I won't even give any hints because a hint would be, even a small hint would be too much. But there was a point in time where dudes would come by 300, 500K for every two or three weeks, buy jewelry they didn't even give a fuck about. And then it started getting to the one M a week. And then it started getting to the two M, I'm sorry, one M every few weeks. And then it started getting to the two M every few weeks. And I just realized what this guy was doing. And then I never saw him again. And you think about that and you really got to be careful about how you do things, right? So that is definitely something crazy. I have had um, a situation where a dude wanted to pay me a million dollars to meet me, fly me out somewhere. And so I brought a boy of mine who's a U.S. Marshal and... Um, we were, and he also was badass with his hands, like straight up this some Jason Straightham type shit, Liam Neeson type shit. And I flew to a country. Motherfucker gave me half a million up front on good faith. I signed a contract and I went there and I was never supposed to talk about it ever again. That's why I'm not mentioning the cities or anybody else. But I've had some of those crazy ass things where it's just like, Jesus Christ, this is nuts. Where I'm at with this point. I have friends of mine who pay, who get, you know, anywhere from a quarter million to a million dollars just to play around a golf with people. It's just crazy. 
Um, question two, what are some of your biggest L's in your past times where you lost a lot of money or something greater? How did it lead up to what happened? Do you see it coming? I was robbed, man. And I lost $680,000 just like that. And I was supposed to use the money to buy gold. And it was crazy because it was so much of my liquid cash. And all I had at that time was an R8 and a Rolls Royce and a Prius and a house that I had just bought and really didn't have a whole lot of equity in. And it was me coming back slowly but surely from that fucked up 2010, I mean 2008 to 2010 recession. And Q from World Start had sent me like 50K. The Platinum Boys had sent me like 20K. My boy put me up in a crib because I didn't want to live there anymore until we sold. Took an L there. And then Nick Diamond wrote me a check for two and a half million dollars to start up these collaborations. And shit was crazy. Another loss, the biggest L of my entire life was losing Jonas and losing Q. Hands down, period. I don't care in what context anyone wanted to take it. There's nothing bigger than those two losses in my life. There's no money. There's nothing even in remotely in a monetary value that can lead up to those two people dying. What sucks is, you know, you say they could be prevented. Some people say, oh no, you know, it's God's plan is God's plan. Shut the fuck up. I was living my own life. It's not my fault. I feel like I could have smacked the shit out of Jonas and got it in him. It just, I couldn't get through to him and I was doing my own thing and I was trying to set up my life. This may sound selfish, but at the same time, like, you know, he had other people around too that loved him. Q, I had found out that he had a heart condition too late. Some people knew. And it, it could have been fixed. You know, he had the money to, to do it. It just didn't make any sense. I don't understand. It's crazy. It's good questions, man. Good questions, John Crenshaw. Austin Amos writes, The Wash Lord, what's up, fam? Second time sending a question. I hope you see this one. I have a life-threatening nut allergy just like your son. It had effects on my daily life like carrying an EpiPen, reading ingredients on everything I eat and being cautious when I eat at restaurants. My question is, what has it been like you and your family dealing with your son's allergy? Have you ever had a reaction to something? Has he ever had a reaction to something he ate? Bro, how often do you listen to this show? Because I've talked about several. You know, my son's almost died several times. Um, he's anaphylactic. You know, obviously, like you said, we are going to this place, this allergy place that has 100% success rate in curing people from nut allergies. They have cured over 13,000 people. I just want to say it's like 13,000, couple hundred people. And those guys are nut free. They have no nut allergies, no allergies to any peanuts, anything ever again in their lives. The only problem is there's an 18 month waiting list and it's like 60 or 70K, but it's worth every dollar. I'm trying to work that situation out now. But yeah, I mean, it's the same shit. We go to Ben and Jerry's and, um, you know, we mentioned Baskin Robbins, like, yo, we know we can't get a fresh scoop. We need to have a washed scoop before you scoop anything, because there could be, you know, you know, particles of fucking chocolate peanut butter. Or there could be who fucking knows, any kind of peanut, some shit, and, and it's a wrap. Go to Cheesecake Factory. Even if it's mac and cheese, guess what? The pot could have been used for something else that had something in there with peanut sauce or sesame or something. Boom. So it's just my daily life. Sunny Nguyen writes, yo, what up, Ben? My wife and I are about to open up a full hair salon next year and try to have our first cut around then too. You think we could do both or focus on business first? We're both in our mid-30s. Um, are you also going to do a super fall golf outing in your Seattle fam when you come visit? Um, 
super follow a golf following next time I come out is going to be way too fucking cold, especially in Seattle. So it'd have to be probably next year once spring brightens, or, you know, probably shit like late spring. Um, as far as a full hair salon next week, try to have your first kid too. Bro, I would say you guys should just try to have a kid and see if you guys can have kids. And if she can do a business and hair salon, cool. I'm worried more about the hair chemicals and stuff. Maybe she can wear a mask and stuff like that. But if you're in your mid-30s, I don't know if you know this, Sonny. A woman becomes high risk at 32. At 34, it becomes even more difficult. So if you're between, if she's between 34 and 36, it is not some time to play around. Unless you want to freeze her eggs right now and make sure her eggs are good, tell her to go see an OB and go see, you know, um, a specialist. You might want to freeze those eggs because after even 36, it becomes a geriatric pregnancy. Much my higher rate of Down syndrome, higher rate of autism, and higher rate of a lot of problems. So if I were you guys, if you guys can afford to have a kid, I would have the kid ASAP and whatever happens, happens naturally. But I will say this again, the later she waits, the more problems will arise with your son. People can have healthy babies at 38, 39. It just... There are a lot more, there's a lot more drama. You have to get shots. You have to get certain things. There's a longer process when you go through the pregnancy. The first trimester, there's a lot of you know worries and stuff and everything. A lot of people don't know this. And um, I was going to say something that just almost let out too much information, but somebody I know had um, a child at 41 and she's already had two childs. So usually when you already had a kid, usually it's easier to have a second one but it doesn't matter even if you do. It's when you start having kids after 36 or 37 with a woman, you, you know, come to complications. And um, my friend had a, had a son with a, a lot of problems, a special needs child who wasn't supposed to live to be 19. And, you know, he's a little older now and, and you know, you just never know how much longer he's gonna live. And it just, his eyesight's pretty much gone. He's hard to interact. He has to, can't be by himself. It's just, it's crazy. It's really difficult. I'm not trying to scare you. It's, it, this is true. I didn't know about this until my wife had told me, but it is a very difficult, you know, um, thing. So if you guys can, you can do both. Great. And I think she could, you know, it's just, you'd have to help a lot here and there, but I'll tell you this right now, bro. Like <laughs> I would start trying to put it in, you know, um, right now and get it in, bro. And by the way, man, if you want to have a healthy baby, make sure you put it in number one. Don't put it in number two. All right, Sonny, I'm fucking with you, man. Ryan Beasley writes, what's up, Ben? I hope God's love and grace is shining on your bald head today. Ha ha. When you got into some real money and started to get around people with big money, what did you notice that was different about those people, attitudes, conversations, beliefs, personalities? Other question, when you when will you write a book about your life experiences I think it'd be a dope idea to have a Rizzoli book with all your work, your life story, words from other folks who lives. Um, last question, what did you feel like you were on Hotbox and what did you feel like when you are on Hotbox with Mike Tyson? I'm also a big fan. When I started to get real money, I would say that was recent, right? I'm not talking about like three or four or five million dollars, like real money. I think what I noticed different about those people is a lot of people were asking more for loans. The people who had big money they had some condescending talk and certain things. The thing is, I don't think they realize I don't give a fuck. You got a PJ and I'm flying commercial. It, it didn't bother me, right? There's still things that I can do that they can't. 
because there's places that I go to that they don't give a fuck. Oh man, I'll buy 10 bottles. I'll buy, you know, I'll buy 50 bottles. I'll spend a hundred grand and put your kids through that. You're a cornball. Fuck you. Shut up. You're blocked. You never come into this establishment ever. There's a lot of people that I fuck with that money just ain't going to get them there because they'd rather hang with somebody cool. I do notice that there was more talks about, you know, donating to political parties and things like that certain beliefs and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just all whatever. It didn't matter. Like, if Elon and me had a conversation in person instead of via email, you know, this his fucking three words or whatever you would send me, I think that there'd be nothing he could tell me unless it was like, I mean, he could talk about biophysics and shit like that and spaceship shit. I, it wouldn't interest me and I wouldn't care. Um, I got someone like Paul, Kaya's godfather, who was just so obsessed with Elon. If Elon told him some shit, he would listen to it, whatever, and he wouldn't care. He just, just idolizes anybody who's made a lot of money. And just to me, just for the sake of the fact that you made a lot of money does not do anything for me. Um, it's cool, but, you know, like, if we can't have a regular conversation, I don't give a fuck, you know? Um, as far as a book, I have no interest. I thought about doing a coffee book with some cool things. I just, I, just, I really don't care. It's just not anything on my list. And even if I did everything else I want to do in life, I still wouldn't want to do the book. I just don't care. Um, how was I when I was, how did it feel like when I was on hotboxing? It was a surreal moment getting high with Mike, someone I idolized, met a few times, you know, on some bullshit level, but to spend two and a half hours in that room and chill and kick it with them, he's just, that was a once in a lifetime experience. It was a top, shit, I have so many memorable moments. It, it just was, it, I would say in the last five years, it was definitely a top 10 moment. It was, it was a big fucking deal. It was awesome. I hope to do this shit again. And thank you, Ryan, for your questions, man. Uh, VSVP J-Rod writes, what's good, Ben? This is Josh from Cali. Um, looking again to real estate investing. Do you know any rental properties of your own? Do you own any rental properties of your own? If so, how did you get started? And what advice would you give to an average Joe like myself living in such an expensive state like Cali? Thank you, much respect. I mean, there's not a whole lot you need to know, but there are the basics. And I do think that Thatch Nguyen will be the best person you should ask. There are definitely some rules to renting and stuff. And I do think that you need to understand all the laws and all the lease laws and things because there are some rights that you may think that you have, but you don't. So definitely, you know, get the right people that are involved. I don't know if rental properties are something that, you know, I mean, shit. If I were you, man, I would think maybe commercial real estate might be something a little easier than you could just hire someone like CBRE or like, you know, a management company and just give them 10% and they take care of everything. You don't got to worry about shit. Rental property is kind of the same thing too. In a way you could do that too, but really you got to figure out right the wrong place. It's crazy that San Jose has just become the third most expensive city to live in in the United States of America. I think, what is it? New York's number one, Boston's number two, um, San Jose is number three, which is fucking crazy. San Francisco is number four. It's like right there. It's just like we have five or six of the most expensive cities in the entire United States of America, just in California alone. Um, really think about that. And now I'm thinking about Airbnb. I don't know if Airbnb, Airbnb is a tricky man. It's a tricky thing. Ryan S writes pod question. Hey Ben, I'm a 23 year old recent college graduate. I'm looking to hold, um, I'm currently holding a good amount of credit card debt, 10 K plus. Can you talk a little bit about what happened to your credit, the times that you let it went, well, when it went bad and you fixed it? Also, for someone like myself who doesn't make a lot of money and has a lot of bills, what are good ways to combat debt? Also, just want to say I'm a huge fan, been listening since episode five when Richie Lee promoted it on his vlog. 
I love the content and appreciate the free game. I've learned so much and I have bought so much merch over the years from the gold money gun to the tops chrome and even the BBDTC lighters. Thank you, Ryan Shurpukti. Um, I hope I didn't fuck up your last name. Bro, you're a recent college graduate and you're holding over $10,000 in debt in credit cards and you didn't, you don't make a lot of money. Bro, I need to tell you this right now. I appreciate the support so much. Stop buying shit. Okay, I'm sorry, man. Stop buying shit. You're going to never get out of this debt because you're going to be in this constant cycle. The only way to get out of the debt is stop buying shit. If you need to get some food, you need to get certain things, cool, great, necessities, right? If you can figure out a way to consolidate all your credit card debt into one thing, that would start. If somehow, some way, you can make a little better than the minimum payments and you can generate a little more credit, I would try to get it put onto a bigger card. But at the same time, be careful and you know make sure you're actually chipping away at that debt. If not, you need to hire a credit specialist that's gonna get you out of there. Or just think at 23, man, you're too young for fucking chapter 11. You're too young for bankruptcy. It's just not worth it. 10K is not enough debt. Like you wanna make sure you fucking get up to like 100K before you fucking do bankruptcy. And, you know, bro, you just got to consolidate a whole lot of shit. I just, and you don't make a lot of money, bro. Get your hustle on, dog. Like, what are you doing, bro? You're 23 and you graduated college, bro. Like, there's no excuse. Go out there and hustle. Go out there and get a part-time job until you figure out what's going on, man. Go out there and get some sleepless nights. Go out there and work hard. Go out there and figure out how fucking hard it is to make a dollar before you go out there and spend $10,000, right? If you can't make what you're spending, you're not working hard enough, bro. All right, Ryan, good luck to you, bro. Antonio Woods, what's up, Ben? Longtime podcast listener, been listening since the very beginning, following you since early 2015. I find myself spoiling my kids whatever they want at times. It seems to hurt my business. And how can I continue to succeed? Growing up without a father, though, I refuse to not give them the world. My question is, do you think if you had kids earlier in life, you'd still be at the same level of success you are at now? Fuck, man. The true answer is who knows? The second answer from my gut is no. I don't, maybe if I had one kid, but then I don't know, you know what I mean? It would kind of suck. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, things are different. Not everyone has it the way they want. Our kids were planned. Not necessarily planned at the time, you know, but we're ready for family. And I love my kids, everything. And they drive me crazy last night. They drove me to fucking, to bat shit, ape shit, hell. But I had to get everything out of my system. When I think about going out and people are like, oh, I'm going to go see the Chainsmokers. I'm going to go see DJ Marshmallow. I'm going to go see this person. I'm going to go see fucking, you know, uh, Drake or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, cool, go have fun. I have zero interest in going to any of these shows. I'm just not interested in going to concerts. Not interested in being out in the clubs. If I am out somewhere and, and, and I've done everything I needed to do and I have some time, my boys want to meet out and have a drink, cool. But it's definitely not something I want to do. So I think from, you know, 20 to 39, I wanted to go out, you know? I got all that shit out of my system. So when I first had my kid, I was like, yo, this is where I am. I still had a little fun, you know, with London and stuff, but like, I'm just not there anymore, you know? And, you know, it's too late now, Antonio. If you have kids, man, you know, like, <laughs> doc, you got to figure it out. And um, you ain't got to spoil your kids with, things that they want 
you know, balance out that time where you spoil them with, with the time. And I know it's hard to take away what you've done, but it's like, bro, don't let your business, you know, suffer because I know you might want to give them the world, but what do you do when you can't give them anything at all? So, you know, focus on that balance. I don't think I'd be as successful as I, I mean, I, I obviously would still have the grind. It just would be, okay, let me re reiterate that. Maybe yes, because I wasn't letting anybody gonna, gonna stop me, but then maybe my father, you know, me being a father would, would have suffered. Somewhere I might've suffered here and there. And it just would have been a lot harder. And life's about making things easier. As you get older, you should make your life easier, not difficult. That's what you, you, know, you learn from your mistakes. Uh, Chanuk D. Mel writes, Yo Ben, day one listener here. My name is Chanuk. I'm 26 from Toronto. I live on my own. I work full-time from home, making about 65K a year as an analyst. I bought a condo back in 220 for around $350,000. It's appreciated around 200K since. I'm interested in buying my first home, but not sure if I should sell my current condo to buy a bigger home or if I should rent it out and purchase a smaller unit. I got about 60K saved up right now that I plan on using towards a down payment and aiming to reach 100K by the end of the year. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Side note, is there any food that you wished you could try again? If so, what and where from? You have confused the fuck out of me, bro. You make $65,000 a year and you've bought a condo for 350K. You must have excellent credit. It's appreciated, so in a case, so now it's 500K, you got probably, what, over a quarter million dollars in equity in the place. Interested in buying your first home. Not sure if you sell your current condo and buy another one. If you could live your life and comfortably buy uh, you know, another place, then, you know, look, man, I would say keep that spot, use it as a rental, and, you know, wait to buy another spot. I don't know if you necessarily need a, a bigger home, but why not at that point, right? If you can, you got 60K saved up, you can plan to use the name, you know, you, you could use even leverage the other property, but if you don't have to, then that'd be great. You could put 100K down and get another spot that's maybe a little bigger or something. I think that'd be cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Now you got a spot where you're eating off of and you got equity and you got equity in two spots. But if you're living in it, now, you know, it's an asset where like, you know, I mean, I mean, look, it could go both ways. If you want, you know, and your place is worth 550 now, right? So what you're trying to say is you want to buy some place for like 650 or 700K. I mean, you could do that too, but you're gonna be living there, right? Whereas you got one spot you live in and it's just a chill spot just for you. And then you got the other spot that's making you income. So now your 65K a year could potentially be over double, if not better than that, you know? I mean, I'm not trying to do math or anything, right? But let's say it's 3,000 a month and then there's uh, 36K a year you probably have some positive income after your, you know, your um thing and it just keeps bringing money up. I mean, I would, I'd rather just do something, you know, that that made you money, you know, and give you positive cash flow. Um, There isn't any food that I could try. I wish I could try again and uh, that I didn't. I can't think of food that I haven't tried, you know? And if I wanted to try it again, I would just continue to try it. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, bro. What up, Ben? Uh, Justin writes, what up, Ben? Seen you traveling recently. I love watching your adventures. They are out of this world. I am from Toronto, taking a trip to Vegas for the first time, being legal in January. I've 
been before when I was like 18. I'm going with my father to CES Tech Show. I'm asking if there's any must-go-to recommendations in Vegas you would suggest us to go to. I'm also legal now, so I can finally do everything in Vegas. The Raiders play KC, and the Golden Knights also play while I'm there. I'm thinking about going to either one of those, so we might drop a bag on tickets for that. Anyways, any good food recommendations? Uh, you got any spots in general? Justin Kanji from Toronto. I would definitely go to the Raiders, Kansas City, and it's a rivalry. Raiders are going to get fucking crushed. Um, Golden Knights, I'm not really a big hockey dude, but definitely check that out. If I were you, I would check out um, Cirque du Soleil, any of the major ones, which would be Bellagio. I mean, O is fucking fantastic. Um, Ra's all right. But any of the real good Cirque du Soleil shows have just been great. I love David Copperfield. I love Magic. It's fucking awesome. If you can go out, XS will be the move. Don't think the weather be... Actually, no, I'm sorry. EBC and all that should be closed in January. CS is a vibe. Um, as far as food, you know, the Wind Buffet is fucking amazing. Lotus of Siam off the strip. Fucking phenomenal. Incredible food. All the restaurants in the Wind are pretty much lit, but SW is just very expensive. You can get in there. It'd be great. If you want some good Chinese food and you don't want to spend a shit ton of money, Red Aid is always fantastic in there. Um, what else is there, man? There's, there's always good shit though, especially because you're in Toronto and you can't get to LA. So like, if you want to eat at Carbone and get that spicy fucking rigatoni, oh my Lord, Jesus Christ. And the meatballs just so fucking good. Um, go to Mastro's, you know what I'm saying? Inside the crystals, the, the city center, get that butter cake. It's fucking, just go there for the butter cake. How about that? There's, Way too much shit for me to fucking even tell you to do. And if you can get away from your dad, man, definitely hit Spearman Rhino and you'll be good. All right, Justin, man, I hope you have a lot of fun out there. Steven Escobar writes, hey, Ben, my question is, how far along are you in the search for a personal assistant and what are some things that you can do to stand out to you? Um, I am deep in it. I am probably four people, finished background checks, credit checks, and they're getting down to the thing, um, down to the final um, notice. I think your experience with children on a professional level, meaning like you really understand how to be around kids, um, that's an important thing because my family, um, the Zoom interview is what probably failed 90% of the people who just, they couldn't talk. They just couldn't. That crushed it. Multiple languages helps. And um, again, the trust factor, that's just really a big thing. I think the Zoom call that you take, let's say out of uh, 1,100 applicants, and then maybe I think, what, 40 people got chosen out of 1,100 applicants. Out of those 40, 38 failed the Zoom, okay? So there was like a couple other personal references and stuff. So that's just, that's just life, man. That's what it is. Edie Rodriguez writes, what I've been is Eddie from Phoenix here. Question one, how are you feeling today? Question two, what is your current, in your current music rotation? Um, Eddie from Phoenix, how am I feeling today? It is early as fuck. My neck hurts. My ass hurts. Um, <laughs> it's early as hell, bro. I'm just trying to get there, right? I'm a little anxious to get this day over and it's Halloween, so I got a big night with the kids. Two, what is my current music rotation? There really isn't. I'm just playing oldies, old school R&B, old school hip hop and my Ben Baller playlist on Apple Music, which is, you can just Google it. But that new Vince Staples is fire. I'm fucking with that. It's very few new music that, uh, people that I fuck with, and that's one of them. 
Brandon Pippen, my dude. What up, BB? It's Brandon Pippen. I know you don't like talking about jewelry. Sorry in advance, but what is your overall thought on the passport chain itself? I personally like the chain and the idea, especially if it really has the places that a person has been to inside of it. If you don't know what chain I'm talking about, disregard this question, bro, and make it a great day. I have zero idea what you're talking about. If you are referring to me, I think my boy Luca, did Luca get a passport chain? The person, I mean, I'm just thinking about a passport chain. It'd be stupid. I mean, I guess it's a flex and whatever. And it's cool, but like, I don't want to wear a fuck. I, I wouldn't want to wear my passport on a fucking lanyard. Do you know? It just wouldn't want to be there. And I just think it's fucking dumb. And if it has the places that you've been inside of it, like, so what? You know what I'm saying? You could write fucking all your best friends on a name. I don't know. It's whatever. Great. It's something different. I have zero interest in it, man. But Brandon, man, my dude, man, congrats on your new edition coming soon, man. I remember. Last question of the day goes to Guillermo Vasquez. What's good, Ben? This is GV from Dallas. I'm 24. I've been listening to your podcast since day one. Love the podcast. My question is, where do you take your first solo trip outside the U.S.? My birthday's coming up. And I've been thinking about doing something solo for the first time. Would love to hear your opinion and suggestions. Damn, you got me thinking now. My first solo trip out of the U.S. I want to say it was Mexico, but I don't think it was. I always went to Mexico with the homie or something like that. My first solo trip outside the U.S. was definitely late 2004 when I was on a search for myself. I went to Thailand, Japan. I went to, um, on that same trip, by the way, Thailand, Japan, Paris, London, and then the south of France, and then ended up in Sardinia. It's a nice little island in Italy. It, it was a weird thing. I was going through a life, like, you know, a moment. I was broken off an engagement. Well, I'm sorry, I got dumped by my fiance. got caught cheating. And I remember getting to Thailand, and seeing a friend out there who I was talking to quite often, not a, not a girl. And it really was the best just going there and just being like, fuck this. And just no one listen, don't fuck up. Be careful what you're doing, boom. And uh, just really seeing what it's like to be in Southeast Asia. It was an amazing, amazing fucking experience out there. Just seeing the city, seeing Bangkok, and then going to Phuket. And then going over to Tokyo and just having a fucking blast for like 10 days. So that right there was, was no, that was eight. So it was 18 days. And then, then from there, flying over to Paris, you know, chilling in Paris, going to the fucking south of France, south of France, going back to Paris. And I was there for maybe three or four days. I was there for two days in Paris, three days in Paris, two days in Saint-Tropez. Then went to London for like three, four days. And then I went to Sardinia and chilled out there for like a week. I was gone for about over a month. And then I did it again with some other people. But from Dallas, man, fuck. It's hard to say, man. I, you know, go somewhere far, bro. Don't just go to the Caribbean, you know, which isn't that bad. Don't go to Cancun. I don't know how much, you know, you saved up. But, bro, go see Asia, man. Go to Japan. Go to Thailand. Fuck. Go to Vietnam. Go to the fucking Philippines and go have fucking fun. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even fuck with Europe. You know, it was different because I was making, uh, you know, I, I was trying to figure out some other shit. I'm beyond some fly shit. I'm just, eh. 
it's I'm a city boy, dog. You know what I mean? But Vietnam, Philippines, and all that that ocean shit. They have the city, and they got the beautiful islands and stuff. I just. Um, me and my wife are different in certain ways, man. I just love that. I love being in the city of Tokyo, you know, and then and then Thailand was just a refreshing place to be. Money-wise, I would say Thailand. You can't beat Thailand or Philippines for money. You could just go out there and live like a king for a low dollar amount, man. But Guillermo, whatever you do, God bless, and I hope it's a great trip for you. And um, shit. 25th birthday, man. That's a big one. It's a milestone. All right, y'all. That is all the fam questions to answer on this month's episode of of fam questions we're going to go to a commercial break real quick and then finish off the show appreciate y'all peace guys have you heard about me talk about my company captain picks i own a company called captain picks Okay, with all the money being made in sports betting, if you're serious about being smart, then you need to join my crew at captainpicks.com. With NFL, NBA, UFC, MLB, PGA, soccer, college football, and more, there are so many ways to win and make cash. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time and making it fun. You can make friends, you can stack wins. We have a membership plan that fits every budget. And if you opt in for a subscription, there are big savings to be had. And more importantly, money to be made. Go to captainpicks.com and use promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one free. That's captainpicks.com with promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one free. Join tonight. Thank me later. Let's make some cash, y'all. Anyways, I'm really hoping that fucking Black Panther comes out in some sort of streaming thing. I would love to watch it in the theaters. I just don't have the time. So if I got to pay 40 bucks to watch it on, you know, in a stream, please. So I'm excited to watch it, but at the same time, I don't know, man. If you guys remember when Black Panther came out, that shit changed the game. Like Chadwick Boseman, it was just, that movie was so fucking good. And every, I really wonder how the fuck they're going to pull this off. And nobody has actually told me if it was lit or not. And any one of your followers, if any of my followers, if they were somehow invited to a screening or something, whatever, let me know. Okay. Now, Saturday night, coming back from quarters, we had an early dinner, ran on some podcast listeners there. Really appreciate you guys trying to buy me drinks and all the other stuff and, and the kind words. But I get the Jake Paul fight. I was going to buy it. My bro Paul sends me the link. And I watch it. And literally at 8.58 p.m., I fall asleep. I wake up at 10.20 p.m. And the fight's already over. And part of me is like, fuck, I missed it. Then another part of me was like, damn, I don't know. And then, and then you know, just to see someone, I, you know, and I watch a lot of MMA. And I think everyone here knows that. There's very few people that I follow that I like. I was never a big fan of GSP. I was never a fan of certain people. I was never a huge fan of Hoist Gracie. Never a huge fan of certain people. But I was always a big fan of Anderson Silva. I didn't like the fact that he was like trolling that motherfucker that one time. They got got knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Like playing with dudes. Like, but but I fuck with dude. And yes, at 47 years of age, you know a dude who's you know 22 years younger than you, 
I'll say this, and I've said this on this show. Jake Paul can fight. Now, can he fight somebody in his own weight class, in his own you know age range? Could he fight somebody like 22 to 34? That's the thing that we need to see. You know, never wants to see him get knocked out, but he's like, you know, the dude can fight. He can fight. Just think that, you know, if he fights someone who's legit, you know, of course he's going to get this experience here and there and he's going to he's going to eventually have to do that. But you can't be fighting old people all the time, you know. So thank God I fell asleep. And now the thing is this, if he goes into an octagon with dude, everyone knows, man, this is one thing. No one knew what was going to happen. This, everyone knows he goes in octagon. He's not going to last one minute. I mean, that's even saying a lot of time. He's not going to last one minute. He just won't. Okay. Um, before we get into the Lakers and the Seahawks, listen, guys, my Master Dynamic MG20 premium 8K high definition gaming headset drops. Okay. How do I explain this? It's not something that you would see every day, right? There's gaming headsets. And then there's, you know, it, you know, some people, they drive a, a Prius to work. Some people drive, you know, a Ford Fiesta. Some people drive an F-150. Some people play with whatever Acer, JBL, if they want something nicer, right? But this is like for those who really want a super high end. And I'm talking about, I know it's, it's very few of you, right? There's only 200. And the thing is, there's like 140 for sale because, you know, I bought like 20 pairs there was some celebrity gifting. Me and Ron Artest, I'm sorry, Meta World Peace are shooting some footage for it. FaZe Clan, even though some of these guys have direct, you know, headset deals, you know, they fucking love them. And people who've seen them already are like, yo, this is fucking insane. Like my boy John Mayer, he's like, yo, these are fucking really nice. You can remove the headset. And now guess what? Yes, they're very high definition wireless headphones, right? And they're gold and they're fucking nice and they're nice leather, and it's just, they're just super high quality in the case and everything. It's just super, super nice. And um, they're expensive. They're $450. But again, there's so few pairs, and it just, I was just more flattered that they were down to collab. And uh, Kevin Durant does own a small piece of this company, Master Dynamic, and this is a very high-end, top-tier brand, like I said, like Sennheiser or like Burmeister. This is not like Bose or Beats. This is definitely a tier or two tiers above those. Um, but they drop on November 15th, so that's two weeks away. And what I want to do is I want to give away a pair on Instagram and I want to give a pair away on to my super followers on Twitter. So just know that this week sometime I am going to offer them and then Instagram probably a week later. And uh, it's just something dope that I want to do and they're fucking fly as fuck and I'm just super excited that I have my own headset. I don't know what else there is to say. You know, my sunglasses sold out so fucking fast that we're obviously doing more pairs, but not of the Bosch. We're doing a whole different design. And I'm just super hyped, man. And another thing that I'm super hyped about is Tops sent my refractor Ben Baller official short print rookie cards that are going into my 2022 Chrome set. And I froze up. Now, I've done thousands of autographs already. I've sold autographs on bbdtc.com. And it was different because these are official. These are recognized by the MLB. These are authenticated. And, you know, 
endorsed by the MLB. This is a Topps brand thing. This is legit. This is what you would see Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout. This is, you know, these guys have done this for Topps. Not everyone gets an autograph. And then I found out I'm the first person. Not only am I the first person to have his own Topps Chrome set, I'm the first non-pro athlete to have a Topps official baseball card auto. And that means something. That's just fucking crazy. Now, as far as Panini and everything else, our upper deck and whatever, I don't know. But it's a huge honor, especially being a Korean American and being the age I am. It's a big thing. And so my hands were shaky as fuck. And it was, you know, I don't think I had a lot of perfect autos, but I've seen some really bad ones. <laughs> my nephew, Bol Bol, really bad. Some fucking terrible autographs. But seeing that Super Factor 101 just fucked my head up. So there'll be autos. 1 through 50, there'll be autos 1 through 25, there'll be autos 1 through 10, 1 through 5, and then there's a 101 superfractor. And I'm just, I'm honored to be the first person to have his own rookie, being a non-professional athlete, and um, um, having an autograph, and it's just fucking awesome. That means that in my 2023 set, that will be the official release. Um, probably short print also, but it'll be a different thing. It'll be, maybe be more of an official rookie. I'm not sure how we're going to do it but I'm excited to do that. And I appreciate everybody here who supports. It's crazy. Just the hobby is definitely simmered down, but it's still there and it's still doing its thing. All right. So now we can talk about my shitty ass Lakers who went 0-5. Finally caught a W last night against a very good Denver Nugget team. But you know what? I, I really don't have any answers. I think AD is soft. I think Russ got to go. And I just, I'm just confused. I just... I don't like this team. I don't say I don't like the Lakers. I just don't like this actual team that are on there. And the fucking crazy part of it is, is of course, LeBron's the best part of the team, but it's like, I just don't know. And it's just so weird. I just think life is so weird right now. I barely have a t I barely have time to drive through certain streets I drove through all the time. I don't even know what, what's going on in people's. I'm literally in my own bubble. And I plan to hit some Laker games, plan to sit courtside and sit there, but it's fucking hard. It's hard to go to a game and pay $20,000 and watch your team lose. That shit is just fucking crazy, right? But uh, yeah, man, that's what's going on with that. Yeah, I wanted to get a little more deeper into it, but then I realized it just, just becomes negative. I don't want to put that energy out there, but we suck. Our gel is off. Everything is off. But the thing is, the Warriors are playing bad. The Nets are playing bad. It's just weird. I don't know if it's a new era. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's strange. And uh, sidebar... I think I'm going to sell my Senna. I only thought about that because the last time I went courtside to a Laker game, I brought my boy Aaron Levant and we rolled in the Senna and it brought up a lot of attention. And I just think, you know what? I don't need to own a million dollar plus hypercar anymore. It just, I just don't drive it enough. I don't care about exotic cars as much as I used to. And I think that my Porsche Turbo is just plenty. It feels sporty and nice enough for me and I can fit some golf clubs in it and I can have the boys in it or I can have Cayenne and ride. Oh, actually, I'll tell you the truth. I'm tripping. What am I talking about? I could ride all three kids in the car, but then Nicola can't be in the car, but Nick can drive the car, which she doesn't because I think she's scared, but it's amazing car. It's gorgeous. And I rarely drive that as it is. So that was a sidebar, but yeah, the Lakers are fucked up. Could we go to the playoffs? I don't even know. I really don't. I wish I, I had some more answers for you guys. But let's end the show talking about something good. My Seahawks are five and three 
And um, I just don't know what to say right now. We're number one in NFC West. People talk shit saying that the NFC sucks and whatever. Look, Philadelphia is undefeated. And they're the number one team in the NFL. So the NFC does not suck. If anything, I don't understand what's going on with the Raiders. I am confused with that whole situation. The Giants are a good team. I just don't think they're as good as, I. you know, their, their schedule was pretty light. Their schedule coming up is very light. The only people they're playing that are even remotely good are the Cowboys. So I, I don't really know what to say. But if, you know, the playoffs started today, we'd be a motherfucking number two or three seed right now. This is crazy. And I told you guys last year, Gino was the truth. I told you before the season started that Gino was the truth. I told you after Monday Night Football, Gino is the truth. And he's literally the Cinderella story of the NFL right now. And his attitude and everything is just amazing. I can't believe nobody's made a t-shirt in Seattle yet. I just feel like Seattle doesn't do those type of things. But I can't believe there's not a Seattle t-shirt out right now that has big ass block letters on the front that says they wrote me off. And then in the back says, I didn't write back with the 12s logo. Like how the fuck has that not been made yet? Anyways, my car broker, Michael Gunsberg's a G-man. I got a lot of homies who are, who are Giants fans and, and you know, Saquon didn't do shit. Nobody really did shit. They had no goddamn wide receiver doing anything, right? And it was, we held them down to a certain amount of points. We held them down to defense, really did its thing. I think we are really gelling together. I am going to try to fly to Arizona this Sunday, see the Cardinals get their ass tapped in AZ. Um, we got a bye week after that. Then we head over to fucking uh, to Germany. I'm not going to that. And then got to figure out this uh, Raiders game situation in Century Link, and I think that we're going to destroy them, which is kind of sad. But the next big game that I think I'm going to in Seattle that I'm looking forward to is a Thursday night football game versus the Niners. That's national television, and we need to get that payback, and we need to fucking get put that smack down because we're a different team. I don't give a fuck about Christian McCaffrey. Don't give a fuck about none of that. I feel like we'll really be flourishing at that point, and I'm excited. Um, I did notice that nobody's watching the World Series. The viewership is the lowest it's ever been in the fucking history. You got the fucking Astros playing the fucking Phillies. Like, bro, who gives a fuck, right? Even Philly fans probably not. And Philadelphia fans, I don't even really like, it is what it is. But anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. I'll be back Thursday. I will start bringing shit back. I have my girl, Amelia Hartford is going to come on here. I got a couple other people. Um, I'm thanking God I didn't do that Rick Caruso interview. Um, not as much as I'm thanking God I didn't do the Andrew Tate interview because I don't hear anybody talking about dude anymore. And I'm not hating. It just was the smartest thing for me to do. And it's not about council culture or anything like that, whatever. And to tell you the truth, I know if I wanted to, I can get Kanye West on my show. Do I? Do not want to at all whatsoever. Don't care what he has to say. I've had enough conversations with dude. But, yo, that is it, y'all. Hope you guys have a great Monday. Hope you guys have a great week. Make it a great week. Make it a great day. Always remember this is not your practice life. Always remember that Big Ben, Uncle Ben, loves you. And please tell a friend to tell a friend about this show. And much love to Lakey Lake for the original music. Much love to Jordan Miles. I've been absent for the last week. I know they've been worried, probably thinking about what the fuck's going on. I've just really been out of it. There's a lot going on and it, and it all catches up. And, you know, life hits you. And that's what it is. But we're going to continue to spit free game. I will see you guys on my favorite day of the week. Miles, I hear that music in the background. That means it's time to say goodbye. All right, y'all. I love y'all. Peace. Peace.